Welcome back once again to the Great Scott Podcast. On this episode, Mike interviews prolific television composer Ed Kalehoff. Ed has written the theme music for countless television shows, including Family Feud, The Price is Right, Monday Night Football, and ABC World News Tonight. How's it going, Ed? Very, very good. It's uh, nice to meet up with you. Uh, We're uh, keeping a safe social distance. I think we have about 1,200 miles, 1,500 miles between us. But I'm wearing a mask. I want you to know that. Are you sure sure 1,500 miles is safe enough? Are you sure about that? Uh, Oh, I think it'll do. (laughs) Social distancing. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm, uh, on the other Hollywood uh, in Florida. And uh, it's sort of my winter home. And uh, as opposed to New York or other places, but nice to nice to join you tonight. Oh well, it's it's definitely my pleasure. I mean, I was excited when you said yes to doing it because, uh, like I said, like like I'd been mentioning beforehand, uh, I'm such a huge fan of your work, and um, I think that uh, you guys are the un, unsung heroes of Hollywood. Well, I've been very very fortunate, uh, I guess, uh, early uh, having made some uh, very good decisions and things happened to me, such as discovering the Moog synthesizer, which opened <laughs> in, in, incredible doors, you know, but, you know, I was uh, planning to write music uh, all my life, you know, as, as my kids say, gee, my dad never had a job. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was always writing music. So anyway, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> something something to to go off of there. So, but uh, anyways, yeah. So even at an early age for you, you come from a, a musical family. Yes, uh, my dad uh, was a uh, professional musician, uh, a, a a very gifted music director and uh, pipe organist. Although he played the Hammond organ and played all the keys. He was uh, very big in uh, directing church choirs, and so I grew up uh, hearing him play. Uh, you know, the uh, he did the, the big classics with big choirs. You know, the uh, uh, the Alleluia chorus, the uh, the entire Messiah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and you know the the big six tiered pipe organs and. Uh, as I told people, you know, I grew up loving the bottom of the 32-foot diapason. It was just, the, you know, it gave me a real, uh, a real respect for being able to hit the real low notes in a, in a wonderful, uh, you know, to, to rattle the uh, stones in the churches, you know, so, so I, you know, yeah. So, so was the church kind of where you kind of got your start at uh, with uh, music as far as that goes? Well, in a, in a way, being exposed to it, you know, I was, uh, I'm told at three years old, I would drop my little trucks and run, get on the piano bench and uh, start playing around with the black and white keys. And uh, I always wanted to play guitar. And uh, my dad was a Philadelphia, Pennsylvania guy. And my mother was a country Mississippi girl. And they met in Washington, D.C. My dad became the official organist for the White House in the Navy Band. Wow. 
So, yeah, I mean, it, it, he, he said he played all the parties, and uh, he even had uh, some of the uh, foundations still on his Hammond where they would bolt his organ to the deck of the uh, warships when they would go out for the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff. Wow. So, you know, a little piece of history there. Absolutely. Uh, so I was exposed to music with my with my dad. I love jazz. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, he would say, what are they playing? You know, Horace Silver and, uh, you know, Herbie Hancock. And, uh, yeah. and yet I loved, uh, in Mississippi in Jackson, Mississippi, we had the, uh, the blues from the Delta and, uh, the, uh, what they called the Chitlin circuit which was Ray Charles and Chuck Berry and all the fabulous black artists of the era. And uh, then there was Buddy Holly. And, uh, uh, you know, it was exposure that way. And the best exposure I had was I had buddies. We all had little motorcycles. And yet we played guitar and piano. And, and we would run to each other's houses and run in and say, oh man, I, I got a new lick. I got to show you a new lick. And, 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 and we'd share music that way. I mean, just, we'd all be so excited. And my friends are still playing, you know, uh, we're all a little older now, just a little bit, but uh, we're still excited with uh, trading licks, you know? So it's, it's an amazing uh, legacy to have brought up you know the the blues and the church music from the south and the church music from the north with the classics i was a very fortunate guy to be exposed to all of that now i just want to name off some of your your work that uh people might not be too uh too familiar with here um yep you're the guy who came up with the theme for well and and by the way i am a game show guy so some of these are going to be uh be game shows so but you came up with the theme for the uh wide world of sports the abc wide world of sports you came up with yeah. double dare you came up with title tales yeah. and i think the one that yeah. i'm most personally proud of and maybe you are too but uh a little show called the price is right yeah it's not been around for too long no really <laughs> hasn't no no yeah that was uh a very uh, fortuitous meeting. Actually, before that, Mark had brought me in and I did Concentration. He brought that show back. And uh, we did Tattle Tales. And we did Match Game. And uh, he then teamed up and did Holly Match Game Hollywood Squares, which Absolutely. is one uh, kind of a combo of the two. And uh, Mark was uh, really a wonderful guy. Uh, he, uh, he, you know, he showed me uh, the the golden age of Hollywood television, and uh, of course, The Price Is Right took over stage thirty three, which was the Carol Burnett stage, and also other. I think and, like uh, Hollywood Squares. I think was eventually on there. Not, I mean, the one with Tom Bergeron. Uh, but other uh, other shows have also been on stage 33, just a little bit of a history there. Anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that, I think they've now started tearing it down. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's horrible, horrible. I but, know. Uh, yeah. At any, yeah, at any rate, they, uh, that was an era. And, and, and 
Mark would be, uh, he had a, a jet. He had a challenger. It would sit, I don't know, about eight to ten people. And uh, he would say, okay, kid, uh, do your theme, do your music, and go to Teterboro, and we'll fly out to L.A., and you'll put it in the show. And I said, well, I, and I would always go out very nervous because he had not yet heard the music. So uh, I was very lucky. He was a, a, a great supporter of what I did and uh, really enjoyed the uh, the synthesizer and enjoyed me taking chances, you know, with the orchestrations. And so he was he was good. You know, he would uh, uh, let me ride in his Corniche. Oh. Uh, he got a he drove up one day in this turquoise. Rolls-Royce Cordish convertible. And he said, hey, kids, you bought me this car. I said, what do you mean I bought you this car? He said, well, the royalties from your music bought this car. So I took it one night from the Beverly Hills Hotel, and he, he got all upset with me, and he thought someone stole it. I said, well, hey, Mark, you told me I bought it for you. <laughs> And uh, one, one other car thing that happened, uh, he was going to give a big party out at the uh, Beverly Hills Hotel for one of his opening shows or something. He had an apartment there. And uh, he said, and, and he had Liz and Marge, his two secretaries with him 24 hours a day, one or the other one. And he said, uh, so I think Liz or Marge had called and said, Mr. Goodson said, come out and get a nice car. Ooh. So, of course, I, I, I flew out. I think he sent the Challenger for me. So I, I, I went to the, I think it was budget on, on Wilshire Boulevard. And I said, I want a nice car. So I got a Cadillac. Yeah, I said, okay, this is a nice car. Uh, it was a big Coupe de Ville. I think a big four-door, you know, big uh oh yeah yeah a big automobile and and he and i and, and and i took it to the studio we were working that day and uh and marge came and said uh, uh mr goodson said that won't do uh he, he you're coming as his hot young composer <laughs> so i went and at that time budget had all the the hot cars so i went i got a ferrari oh and uh, I mean, it was, I don't know what it cost. It was like very expensive, but I, I really liked it. And uh, so I drove up and, and he was, he was kind of like meeting people as they, as they drove up, you know, and he, he looked out and he had his pipe and he looked and he smiled and nodded. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we went to the party and I left with the Ferrari. And the only thing was, I liked it so much I didn't take it back. Oh. To a budget and I and I kept I kept it for about 2 weeks. I went and saw everybody I knew out west. My 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 friend from Mississippi who's in Reno, my uh, a great guitar player Lane Cameron. Sure. And then I went uh I went down to uh, to Las Vegas, uh out to Las Vegas and saw friends out there that were playing or performing and I think I kept the thing about 2 weeks. And that's when I got the letter from uh, 
Marge that said, oh, Mr. Goodson says he can't work with you anymore. You cost too much. <laughs> so I, and then I, so I, I went up to his office back in New York. I said, Mark, I said, I, I, he said, I'm kidding. Of course, we will work together. But it was, it was, <laughs> I just didn't take it back. I mean, it was really, I mean, you can imagine a red Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I mean, what a car. And, you know, out there, you know, you can hit the, they weren't really busting you when you left LA to go to Vegas. And, you know, you could do some serious uh, uh, speed, you know, and then going up in the valley up to San Francisco or Reno, it was also a nice ride. Anyway, so that's, that's part of that. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh one guy that uh, go ahead. Oh no no. I, so, so I was just going to ask you. I mean, um, from what I was reading, uh, you have a thousand different credits to your name for coming up with uh, theme songs. Um, out of all all those, which one or or maybe even two uh, were the hardest theme songs to come up with for TV shows or or film? Um, well, you know what, uh, I had. Uh, I'm a frustrated movie composer, and and I, I early on with Mark because the the Price is Right happened in '72, mm-hmm. and and it was I, I I was doing the composing, but I was also doing recording sessions with the Moog because I was uh, you know one of the few guys that knew how to make music on it, and uh, you know. The the big guys, Quincy Jones and Hank Mancini and uh, Hugo Montenegro, were all bringing me in, you know. So I I, I was almost moved there totally. But I always went back to New York, and and things were happening there, too, you know, with sports and news and and shows. And, And my family was all back east of the Mississippi. So I never, I, I, and I, I always regret. So as far as composing, I treated every show I did, whether it was uh, a current affair or uh, Inside Edition or the Forty Eight Hours Show or The Price Is Right or the Monday Night Football. I always treated it like a movie score, <laughs> and and it was, you know, I, you know, it, it, it was, uh, it was never. It was never difficult to come up. You know, I I enjoyed creating a rhythm. I kind of like to say the name of the show somewhere in the rhythmic statement of the notes. So, the price is right. Da 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 da. You know. Yeah. And uh, and double dare. Scatter that. And uh, you know, in uh, the uh, forty-eight hours. Of course, uh, the the end of that phrase when we first started the show, uh, the the musicians came in because the I ended the phrase da 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 and they all said, "Oh, that's three hour tour," like uh, <laughs> like uh, Killigan's you know, yeah. Killigan's. Oh, no, no, yeah. come on, guys, be nice. So <laughs> it was always a tough room, but I was I was always blessed with great great musicians uh you know i was uh i i'm always in awe of the truly great players you know uh the 
the guys that, that they they made me what I am. You know, the, the one guy told me my harpist Gino Bianca became my contractor, but he said, "Listen, we're the soldiers, you're the general. You need soldiers, but we need a good general." You know, so I said, "Well, Tom, that's very nice to, to hear that." So, but they 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 truly would uh they they worked their tails off. I mean, just getting the phrasing, and they'd say, "Well, what do you really, what what do you want this to be?" So we would talk about what the what the image was, what the show was for. You know, it yeah. was to be, you know, a, a, a fun or, a, and uh, that also went as far as uh, creating music for the uh, for the. What are they playing for, Johnny, on The Price is Right? Well, it's a car. Okay, well, you know, you want to do a car. Or it's a lamp. You know, so, so you would have to think of music for a lamp. I oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if Aladdin can do it. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah, if, so, if they can uh, come up with music for a lamp, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, you know, the... Uh, through the years, also the the guys that uh, you meet up with, you know, David Sanborn, you know, did was a is a great saxophone player, and and I I, I always loved jazz. I mean, you know, from, from the Brubeck days, you know, with uh, Paul Desmond, uh, Coltrane, all the early early guys uh, that were you know making music happen. Uh, Ron Carter on the bass, you know, really guys that were unbelievable influenced my music. So I was playing, you know, the blues from the Delta in Mississippi and the Chuck Berry licks on Johnny B. Good, church music from the Messiah with Handel. But, you know, it's, it's all out of the same, the same magic hat, you know? Yeah. You just start to think of the influences and uh, I was lucky enough to to play early, like at 12, 13 years old, you know, I was playing guitar, rhythm guitar for the good guys or playing piano in groups. And we went all through the repertoire of show tunes and uh, old standards, they called them, you know, the, uh, you know, I'm in the mood for love and, you know, blue skies and all, all of the, the standards out of the, the, the 30s, 40s, 50s, then the rock and roll. So it, you know, and I always had an eye to this is always going to influence me in 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 harmonic work, and uh, then you know being exposed to the Moog early on, I uh, met Phil Ramone, you know the, the legendary producer engineer. Absolutely, absolutely, yep. And and I traded Phil. I said. Phil wanted to, to to know the Moog. I said, man, I'll, tra I'll trade you. I'll teach you how to do the Moog if you'll get me into the sessions with the big guys. So I started doing sessions, you know, with, with, with Phil Burke Bacharach. I'd be there with, with Phil, uh, Quincy Jones, and he'd, he'd have me playing stuff. And then, of course, uh, other guys would find me uh, doing the Moog in L.A. And so it, it was really... Uh, a nice exposure to the big guys and we just they were they were magic you know so so you uh there was a, uh, do, do you still have uh people or producers that come to you even today still or are, are you kind of slowing down a little bit uh 
not slowing down. I'm doing more sailing. Uh, well, the COVID thing made things crazy. Yeah. The uh, the decline of the value of music uh, with the with the computer, you know, where there's a lot of samples, which are great. I'm not knocking them. Uh, there's nothing that can replace, you know, wet lips, spit, blood, guts, and real players. But, you know, there, there's, a, there's a place for plastic horns and there's a place for real horns, you know. So I, I always uh, mastered the new things. So uh, it was funny. I, I had a recent request from uh, the Disney-owned, one of the Disney-owned franchises. Uh, Good Morning Excellent. America. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. And uh, and they said uh, uh, no unions, no organized labor. I said, well, that's not good. And no, oh, wait, no live musicians. I said, are you kidding me? Since when did you get a, a degree in orchestration? <laughs> so, I mean, it was like, you know, I, it, it, it took me as a surprise because, you know, Disney's always been a very creative company, but they're, they're one of the ringleaders in kind of destroying the, uh, the essence of, of the, of the, of the music holding it all together. You know, they're a big, big company. And it is, it was very disappointing to hear that, but I don't mean to knock anybody. I mean, I'm just saying that that was one of the, 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 the caveats and one of the conditions of my going to work with them. Uh, I was very lucky working with Disney. So, okay. Uh, recently, uh, terrific director turned producer, Eric Siegel brought me in to do the PBS news hour and the themes for that, you know, that that's fun to watch. I mean, and, and that was, uh, you know, they kind of, it's kind of a mixture of jazz and I guess classic themes and a very conservative approach to music, but that was fun to do. And uh, recently, a, a, a friend forever, a writer from L.A., called me in to do a new show. I can't give you the name because it's uh, we're preparing a pilot now to be produced in Los Angeles, but it's a, a world a worldwide event. There's a, a fr the south of France, uh, Barcelona, Spain, uh, New York. Hollywood, Florida, and uh, Malibu, California, and we're all working on this show, and it's a uh, kind of a, a female, you know, it's like The View, except more personal, you know? Yeah. So that's, uh, we're working on that. So they, you know, the phone still rings, and it's thrilling. I mean, I, I just, I, I love it. I eat it up, and uh, it's nice to know that uh, what we do is appreciated by, you know, by folks that are, you know, it's not, I tried not to become dated, uh, and, in my approach to music, uh, the most, one of the most recent things that became, uh, about a year ago, uh, Nickelodeon was purchased by, uh, Viacom 30 years ago, we, were brought in to do the theme for Double Dare, actually 31 years ago. Wow. And, and it became a big hit. Well, they brought it back, and they had gone to a bunch of guys out in LA. LA they said, well, uh, 
uh, do you think you could make, uh, where do you get the energy? I said, you need the energy. I just, I do the theme. So we redid the theme and the music for the new Double Dare uh, that uh, Fremantle, strangely enough, they bought all of the Goodson Library and they did, they were the producers for the new Double Dare. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they brought, they had a new young girl in her teens, a lot of energy, great little girl. They brought in Mark Summers to do the, uh, the, you know, the kind of the steady guy to bring it up, but they, but they had my scene with the new energy, you know, asking, well, where did I get the energy? Well, what do you mean, man? I sail a boat in the ocean. I better have energy. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so that's, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very very blessed to have uh, opportunities like that, and I'm glad that uh, they they couldn't uh, easily replace me. You know, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, so that uh, I'll just one other quick thing. When Drew Carey took over for Bob Barker on The Price Is Right. It was always the same recording for the theme. Mark never wanted to break the magic of the first theme. He said, no, no, we don't re-record it. I said, Mark, it's mono. He said, I don't care. And Drew Carey said, I got to have a stereo theme, man. This is ridiculous. So what is it? I guess 10 years ago or so, Drew Carey came on, and I think they went, Fremantle was then producing it. The price is right. They went to a bunch of guys, and and it they they couldn't get the sound that we had. They wanted it to sound like the old one, but in stereo. So they came to me, and we made a deal. And I said, okay, yes, I'll do it. But you know, and then the by the way, the the band is uh, the famous guys that you know the the the, the Jimmy Hines and Chris Bodie and uh, Andy Schnitzer and uh, the drummer is Sean Pelton, who's the drummer for the Saturday Night Live. He's wow. uh, I, I think the I think the I forget the bass players either Will Lee, who is David Letterman, and uh, or it was uh, Cisco Franc uh, Frankie Santana. It, one, I, I forget who played the bass, but Sean Pelton is the guy that wears a little hat on the drums on the Saturday Night Live band. Sure. But, you know, yeah, it, it's uh, that's New York for you. You know, they, these guys came in. I said, look, guys, we got to do this thing. And I played in the thing. Yeah, we know it. So it was, uh, but it was, uh, <laughs> we had to create the magic again. And, and I had to call Bob Moog. And I said, Bob, I forget how I got that reversed uh, low-pass filter on the bridge. He said, oh. You see on the little engraving on the front, you got plus two jacks and then minus two jacks. Just go into the minus two jacks. It'll go backwards. And I felt stupid, but but that's that, that's how smart Bob Moog was. So anyway. So I have one, one more question for you, Ed. And uh, again, thank you so much for coming on, on the show. I mean, this okay. has been so much fun. But um, so what advice do you give to someone who wants to get into music as a career? Well, absolutely. Follow your passion. And, and, you know, 
I have a 13 year old grandson that uh, I used to put him in my lap and his sister in my lap and his little brother in my lap. And they all play the piano and the guitar. Julian Kalehoff, I walk in the house up in New York and, and he'll be holding a guitar, a bass or sitting at the piano. And he, it brings back the old days of Jackson, Mississippi. Hey man, I just wrote a song. You want to hear it? And, and this guy, this little kid, he's got a passion and he's got a gift and you know, okay, what advice would I give? You won't ever go to work for a day in your life if you love what you do. And you'll create your path. It's changed. Uh, these kids that grew up on, you know, Pac-Man and all the little computers and the computer games, they put me to shame in, in how they know the computers. So I, I think that anyone that's moving ahead, know, know your medium, know your material. I've got some nephews that are using the Omnisphere. And they, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the new synthesizer. Uh, and I say, look, look, guys, be creative. Don't duplicate, originate, and you'll be okay. You know, so I think that, I mean, that kind of advice, you know, I, I, I didn't come to make money. I came to make music. And, you know, it'll all fall in place. I just... Uh, uh, just one more thought. One of my first guitar players when I came to New York is now one of the top executives in the uh, American Federation of Musicians. And he called me. He said, listen, what what can you do to help us write a contract that will make it that so we'll have a an organization that can that can set, a, you know, leave a set of rules for the new kids. I said, I said, listen, let me get back to New York and this summer we'll 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 work together after we can socially get together. I'd I'd love nothing more. I'm not a big union guy, but I'm a I'm I'm a great musician guy. I'm for the players, and so uh, anyone that wants to have a career writing and playing. Know your music and study, 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 and just write, and you'll do okay. I'm sure you'll find a niche. So that's uh, that's the uh, advice I would give. Well, Ed, I mean, like I told you, I grew up on your work, sir, and uh, I just thank you for that. And I cannot wait to hear more of uh, your your stuff as as the days go go forward. Scott, listen. Thank you very much for reaching out. It's been a, a real pleasure to talk to you. You know, I I don't do this much. I like to talk to guys that are intelligent. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, and I uh, I look forward to hearing this. Send me the uh, the links, and I'll be glad to to tune in. And uh, thank you very much. Well, you're you're definitely very kind, uh, Ed. And uh, please come back anytime. All right, great, Scott. Take care of yourself. You too. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like what you heard today, like our Great Scott Podcast Facebook page. That's where you can find information on Mike's upcoming entertainment podcasts.